17 Oranges by Bill Norton. I used to be so fond of oranges that I could suck one after the other all day long until that time the policeman gave me a scare at the dock gates when he caught me almost red-handed with 17 hidden away in my various pockets and he locked me up and ever since I've never looked at an orange because that gave me my fill of them. I was driving a little pony and cart for the Swift Delivery Company in those days and lots of my pickups were at the docks where I could put on a handy sample load and be back at the depot before the other carters had watered their mares. Now I was not what you would call a proper fiddler and I didn't make a practice of knocking things off just because they didn't belong to me like some people did. But just the same, it was very rare I came off those docks without a bit of something to have a chew at during the day. Say they were unloading the banana boat. Well, I used to draw my little cart alongside. There were often loose bunches that had dropped off the main stalks. And when a chance came, I'd either make a quick grab or some friendly foot would shove them towards me. Then I used to duck them out of sight under my brat. The brat was an apron made from a Tate and Lyle sugar bag, supposed to be a good protection against rain and rough wear. But mine was used mostly for concealment. And for the rest of that day, I'd been munching away at bananas, even though I hadn't a passion for them like I had for oranges. But mine was all done on the spur of the moment, more or less, and not worked out to a fine art, as in one instance with Clem Jones, who came out the gates carrying a box. What have you got in there? asked Pongo. Who was the bobby on duty? A cat, said Clem. But don't ask me to open it, or the blatter will get away. A cat, said Pongo. Don't come it. Let's have it opened. Clem wouldn't at first. When Pongo insisted, he got mad, and he flung it open, and out leapt a ship's cat, which darted back along the docks of Clem after it, shouting. Two minutes later, he came out with the same box, holding the lid down tight and scowling at the grinning Pongo. And all the way home he scowled, until in the privacy of his own kitchen, he opened the box and took out a full-sized Dutch cheese. I got caught because the string of my brat broke, and Pongo, after looking over my load, noticed my somewhat bulging pockets. He made me draw the pony and car to one side, and then he tucked me in his cabin and went through my pockets. There were 17 oranges, you know and he placed them carefully on the table. An example has to be made, he said, of somebody or other, and I reckon you're the unlucky one. Now, my lad, what have you to say for yourself? I said nothing. I was dead frightened, but I forced myself to keep my mouth shut. I'd read too many detective stories to make the mistake of blabbing. Anything you say may be using evidence against you. I kept that firm in my mind, and I refused to be interrogated. Pongo, who didn't care for my attitude, said, Right, all, I'll go off and bring a colleague as a witness. With that he went, carefully locking the door behind him. Felt awful then. It was a suspense. I looked at the walls, I looked at the door, and I looked at the 17 oranges, and I looked at my brat with a broken string. I thought of how I'd get sacked and get sentenced and of what my mother would say and my father do. There was no escape. I was there. And the evidence was there before me on the table. And Pong had gone for his meat to be witness. I was ruined for life. Oh my God, I moaned in anguish. 
Whatever shall I do? Eat him, spoke a voice in my head. Eh? I asked. Eat him? Yeah, that's right, replied this inner voice. And then the evidence will be gone. But be quick about it. I thought for half a second. Then I snatched an orange, peeled it in a jiff, popped it in my mouth, crushed the juice out and swallowed it. Swallowing the orange, I was just about to squirt out the peps when the voice cried, No! Eh? You have to swallow them too. What, peps? Yeah, peel and all. Evidence. Oh, oh, of course. And I forced the peps back to the back of my mouth and took a handful of peel to help get them down my gullet. Don't bother to chew, said the voice. It's a race against time. It certainly was. After that first orange, I took out my penknife and slashed the fruit into chunks and gulped them down as fast as I could pick them up. I was all but full to the brim, with three oranges still out to go, when I heard Pongo and his mate coming back. With a sigh, I gave up. But the voice warned me to guzzle on, suggesting the more I ate, the less evidence there'd be. And as luck would have it, Pongo and his mate were detained over checking up on some outgoing wagons. And since the sigh seemed to have cleared up a sort of traffic jam in my esophagus, I set about finishing off those last few, and by the time the key turned in the lock, I was consuming the final piece of the seventeen oranges. Oh, this is him, began Pongo to his mate. I caught him with his pockets ram-jam full of oranges. He looked at the table. Hey, where are they? Phew, sniffed his mate. I can smell them. I never spoke. Pongo began to search. He looked high and low, went through my pockets, felt it in the brass, but of course he found no trace of an orange. Finally he figured out what must have happened, but even then he couldn't believe it. Seventeen oranges, he kept murmuring. Big ones at that, how has he managed it? But I said nothing, and he couldn't give me in charge, because he had no evidence upon which to commit me, and because I suppose he didn't want to be laughed at. So all he could do was vituperate, while I kept my lips shut tight, and then he had to let me go. When I told Clem Jones about it, he said I'd been very slow. He said I could have sued Pongo for hundreds of pounds because of wrongful detention, if only I'd been quick-witted enough. But I was never a vindictive sort, and anyway, it was days and days before I could stand really still and think things out. Because those 17 oranges, peeled pips and all, kept working away in my inside. Something shocking.